from Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong. I can change a diaper with one hand. That's the fact, Jack. And Joe Getty. Joey, baby. I love entertaining people. I'm strong and Getty. But I know this. They're loco. So it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. There's a polling organization called The Canvas from Punchbowl News where they anonymously survey senior Capitol Hill staffers, which supposedly have a better idea of what's going on than the rest of us do. I don't know. Yeah, I think they, they, they probably got their finger on the pulse. Will Republicans or Democrats win the House in 22? 78% of House staffers think Republicans will win the House. That's up 12% from the last survey in April. That's a pretty short putt, really. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but why did it go up 12% since April? I'm not exactly sure. 70% of Senate staffers think Dems will keep the Senate. That's up 4% since April. Hmm. So pretty solid in the House and Senate that it's going to be... Uh, quick, quick methodology quibble. Are they polling the same people, or is it a random sampling of senior I House staff? I don't know. Good don't question. Know. Yeah, and and the Senate's a tricky one because you always have to look at the electoral map. It's only a third of the Senate every every two years. And so you have to see which seats are up because it's kind of a blind draw. Sometimes it's uh, wobbly seats. Sometimes it's almost entirely very red and very blue seats. Uh, About half of staffers say President Joe Biden's American Jobs Plan and American Families Plan will be coupled together in a reconciliation package and passed in a party line vote. It's about half. Only 39% say a hard infrastructure bill will pass. And that's what Republicans are pushing, is just scaling it down to actual infrastructure. So, And then this one. This is their favorite from their recent survey. 87% of Republicans say Tucker Carlson is the most influential commentator for GOP aides. Almost 90% say wow. Tucker Carlson's the most influential. Who's the most influential asking Democrats? Stacey Abrams. Huh. So those are your big swinging influencers right there for R's and D's. Tucker Carlson and Stacey Abrams. Feel your soul being crushed yet? That's Tucker right there. Does, is Stacey Abrams on the MSNBC? All the time. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. I don't tune over there. I, I punish myself by listening to CNN semi-frequently, but not MSNBC. They're too chuggy for me, Jack. They're too what? He says in an effort to transition into this oh, okay. idiotical story. Okay. <laughs> idiotical. Uh, the uh, what the terms Generation Z is using on TikTok. Oh, this no. will make your skin crawl. Every generation has its stupid, stupid jargon. And every generation thinks its stupid jargon is clever. And every generation thinks people who are older who don't know it are fools for not knowing it. I think it's keen. (laughs) It's the bee's knees. Yes, exactly. Uh, On the other hand, if you do enjoy language, you're an amateur linguist like myself. You just enjoy watching it evolve and how words are used. It's kind of interesting. I'm guessing that it's a necessary part of society so that you can signal to others that you're of a certain group. And in this right. particular uh, instance, it's a um, usually based around age for the most part, but not mm-hmm. entirely. Right. I think the fact that every single 
distinct generation develops its own would be a signal that, yes, humans just do this. You know, the cavemen, the young cavemen were calling antelopes oof-oofs or something, you know, so the elders wouldn't know what they're talking about, you know. Anyway, uh, they make the point here in the insufferable USA Today that uh, some of these terms are not new. Their origins are much older, rooted in African-American vernacular English, A-A-V-E. Or black speech separate from standard English. Uh, so here, here are some of your uh, your terms you're going to see in the TikTok world among Generation Zers. Chugi describes millennials who are trying too hard to be trendy or in style. Did you see that older girl trying to do the TikTok dance? She's so Chugi. No. All right. So I'm probably Chugi. Oh, I, I don't unquestionably. see you trying many TikTok dances, though. No. Probably not. I, I think no, it, but if you did, you would be. Yeah, I, I think you lack the effort to be trendy in order to be chuggy. You, I think you fit half of it, somebody not of the age demographic. But I don't think you're trying to keep up on the on the latest fashion trends. Mm. Yeah, I think you're more like a grandpa doing the dance. It's cute. <laughs> you're non-threatening at this point. Sean, you're a millennial. Do you know any of these terms like no cap or capping? Uh, no cap means I'm telling the truth. Right, no I'm lies. not yeah. lying. Or if you say someone is capping, then you're saying they're lying. Yep. What, what, where does that come from? I don't know. No, yeah, yeah, the, the, the unknowable. Somewhere. <laughs> unknowable. <laughs> now, a bop. That one I've heard. My son listened to the, the latest Dead Flowers album, and he said, wow, that's really a bop. Nice job, Dad. I said, um, mm, is that good? <laughs> it's, it's, it's when a song or album is really good. Okay. Allegedly. Uh, drip. Is a cool, sexy, or trendy sense of style another way of saying swag? When someone has good drip, people will hype them up by having them do a drip check, which is showing off your outfit. Hey, my dude, you have some serious drip. Drip check. Yeah, if somebody mm. says nice drip, they're saying you you are dressed well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that 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 uh, bet is yes can be said to a question if somebody wants to you want to go get some boba bet no you can't do that one that one i'll accept the others but not that one you can't you can't just change yes to bet what do you mean you can't do that one (laughs) that's that's not allowed no no you're in jack's right sean you pipe down (laughs) you you can't use one word when there's another word that's just fine no and that one the second word means something already well and this is i don't know yes and no are just a different category of words than let me check your drip um <laughs> wow do you want to go to lunch bet <laughs> bet what what how much on what, what i don't understand the I... bet well i'm not taking you to lunch then and the, here's one that says it's, it's more a visual it's d-e-d slash skull emoji dead like with a skull that's uh, like lol something so funny it killed you Okay. The emoji replaces the laughing emoji. That girl that does the seagull noises has me dead, Skull. Oh, let's see. Then Stan is a, a very big fan of someone famous. That's from uh, the yeah. Eminem song, correct? Yeah, yeah. borderline stockish. It's kind of, you can come, people kind of self identify Oh, no, I'm a Stan. I'm a super fan of this thing. Yeah. 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 Let me see. Uh, oh, I Y K Y K. If you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Used to describe an inside joke or something a certain community would understand. I-Y-K-Y-K. Oh. Boy, there are a lot of them. This is too much work. They're all okay except for bet. You can't change the <laughs> word yes. They're that, not changing the word yes. The word yes still exists. That doesn't... You can't do that. 
Let's see. Oh, and we've heard this one, living rent-free. It's uh, can't stop think- thinking about something. Also used as an insult when someone is upset about something, that song lives rent-free in my head. He hates LeBron James so much he lives rent-free inside his head. Well, that's uh-huh. old, isn't it? That's not a new thing. Yeah, and like the rest of them, it's not terribly clever. The uh, rent you know, is too damn high. No, it was rent-free, sir. Actually, it's kind of enjoyable to watch a movie like A Clockwork Orange, which is just dripping with the slang of hipster London late 60s uh, with droogs and the rest of it. But it's uh, it always sounds dumb if you're not a part of that uh, that group. But also clever if you're in. So Keen and Nito weren't in on the list anywhere? <laughs> Apparently not. Nito. Old fella. No, you're very chuggy, and you're making me uh, very, very sick here. Mm. Very uncomfortable. No cap. I'm telling you, that makes me angry as somebody's trying to change the word yes to something else. <laughs> it's good. It's good to take a stand on that. I sort want to of pass thing. a law about that. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Mailbag. Oh, no. Wait. Sorry. Stop. Idiot. It's time for the freedom loving quote of the day. Hey, I hear a fife and a drum. Is that one fife or multiple fives? That's a fife. Mm. Not more than one. Not several fives. <laughs> Two fives? <laughs> Would that be fives? <laughs> oh, da, 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 da. How about a freedom-loving quote of the day from Nelson Mandela? To be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. Hmm. You mean I got obligations? That's right. Uh, Doesn't sound very freeing. Yeah. What? What is mailbag? You're free. Here's some things you have to do. What is that? No, mean? there's no whining about the freedom loving quote of the day. That's not part of it. You're just supposed to say, "Oh, ooh," and appreciate the wisdom. <laughs> oh, so many different topics. So interesting. Um, why didn't SNL get pushed back on the uh, the jokes Colin Jost and Michael Che wrote for each other that made each other look racist or whatever? Uh, ben writes, well, they don't get pushback because obviously they're on the left side of politics and the left side of mainstream media. We all know the same rules don't apply to people on the left. And I think, Ben, you have it's a simple truth. Remember, so much of the outrage is not outrage. It's a weapon. They, they understand there's somebody I would like to hurt. There's somebody I would like to take down. And if if you grant them some fake outrage, they'll use it as a weapon. But when somebody on their own side does exactly the same thing, they're not going to wield the weapon. And there's plenty of lefties that have been taken down by cancel culture, though. So, um... Yeah, depending. The Me Too stuff, yeah. But but making, like, inappropriate jokes? I don't know. Let's see. Aaron writes, marathons are dumb. We were talking about marathons. No, I got some good information on the... uh... The barefooted monks in their marathons and things you learn by running a marathon every day in sandals. <laughs> Take a bus. Mm. That's one thing I learned. Yeah, yeah so you learn the value of bicycles. Might be some wisdom uh, we can all uh, take in. But he says, uh, we had a VP who loved to run marathons. And these three senior managers with their heads so far up as Keister, they joined in his misadventure for brownie <laughs> points. And they all ended up with knee surgeries. Ah, the rat race. Squeak, squeak. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Been meaning to email the show for 25 years now. Wow, just got around to it. Right, yes. Sounds like me. Uh, long-time listener Hubby and I caught the show on the way to 
fishing uh, years ago. Hard to fish after laughing so much. Moved to Washington State, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, oh, that reminds me. Um, and it's really, it's a, it's a lovely note about all sorts of things we've discussed on the show, including uh, mental illness, uh, the autism spectrum, OCD, all sorts of stuff. And, um, uh, and, and thank you for the note there, S. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, which reminds me, I meant to say we have received, not surprisingly, about a zillion emails, Jack, about your current uh, struggles, and uh, and they are uh, almost uniformly beautiful and humbling in that y'all care so much. And I will I will pass them on uh, to Jack. Um, there was one glowing, not glowing, glaring exception. So my emails are getting through. (laughs) It was idiotic to the point of being amazing. Well, that was probably a troll, right? No, no, no. I don't think so. No, it wasn't trolling. It was just idiotic. It was, it was, I I would love to read it to y'all. I truly would. But that person absolutely should not be encouraged. So strange. Moving along. My wife pointed out to me I might be disinclined to give up masking. As inconvenient as it is to wear a mask, it's considerably less convenient to spend 15 minutes putting on, brushing up your makeup, just mm. to spend 10 minutes walking the dog or whatnot. Um, I just, I'm married to a woman who would never do that, so it's hard for me to relate to. But um, And I also read uh, somebody saying they found masking to be kind of a social relief. People can't see their faces uh, or, or something. And, and I just I, I didn't read the article. I have had recent experiences of people that I've known for months seeing them without their mask for the first time. And it's weird for your brain because your brain had kind of filled in an assumption of what they looked like. Hmm. And they look completely different. And it's weird. You're the person I've been talking to you for months like I, I don't I have no idea what my what my son's teacher looks like. I've met with I see her almost every day when I pick Sam up from school. I've had parent teacher conferences with. Her. I have no idea what she looks like hmm. until I see her without a mask. Google's search mechanism, like if you type into the bar, whatever it is you're searching on Google, yes, beagle puppies. You're using something called Bert, and that's been what the standard has been at Google for quite some time now. Works pretty good. I mean, Google's by far the most popular search engine out there, and uh, you know, I've I've always been happy with it. Uh, I hate the fact that it gives me, you know, ads at the top when it knows exactly what I'm looking for. But you know, you get used mm-hmm. to it. Um, but it's being replaced by Mum this month, a model for complex searches that is one thousand times more powerful than Bert. And like I said, I think we were all pretty pleased with Bert, but this is a thousand times more powerful. How powerful do I need? So when you start Googling things, you're going to notice a difference, I guess. It gives you a for instance. I don't know if this is a good for instance or not, but this is a for instance they give you. (laughs) Uh, Below is an example of how mum is used. A question could be asked by the user in the Google bar. Can I use these shoes to hike on Mount Fuji? And you would include a picture of the shoes in the question. No, I wouldn't, because I don't know how. (laughs) Mom would analyze the picture, figure out what the shoes are, relate it to the question of whether or not you want you could hide Mount Fuji in them, answer it, and then redirect you to a suitable site if the boots are not suitable or tell you that your boots are perfectly suitable by providing you with an article that explains why. Hmm. And they say that's a thousand times more powerful than what they've currently got, What if, I guess. Because I am a user of the Internet and I'm not actually interested in seeing if this works. I'm seeing if uh, how I can break algorithms. I put a pair of boots that are two different boots. 
right? <laughs> like one's a rain galoshes and one's like a, a stripper platform high heel. <laughs> what is the, What do you do now, computer? You might make mum cry. <laughs> You've made your mum cry. <laughs> Again. But uh, so I don't know if you notice your Google searches. I don't know. I don't. My Google searches are never that complicated. It's usually a word I don't know. Teat. How do you spell? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I know where to find that. <laughs> <clears throat> How do you spell? Yeah, I do a fair amount of that. Yeah. It's ironic that that works. You know, it's like looking up a word in the dictionary that you don't know how to spell. How do you do it? And yet it works. I'm constantly looking up Celsius to Fahrenheit because the only thermometers we have around here to check your temperature are in Celsius, and nobody can figure out how to put them back to Fahrenheit. I don't know how that happened, but I'm a fan of whoever did it. Yeah, somebody <laughs> put the thermometers out here that we're supposed to check ourselves with to Celsius. Like the little forehead ray gun style ones? Oh my yeah. god, I'm 32. I must be dying. If, if they did it to be a dick, pardon me, then I like them. If they did it because they think it's a superior system, then I hate them. It is a superior system, but I was talking to my son about that the other day. He brought up, because uh, they're learning the metric system. And it's so freaking simple. Oh, it is. It's, it's, it's clearly a better idea. There's nothing to memorize, for one thing. Oh, yeah? What's a dozen in the metric system? <laughs> you don't have it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, positive shot. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Armstrong and Getty. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. We haven't had an exciting new serial in what feels like a hundred years. Remember how thrilling serial news used to be? Remember when tricks tried to unite a divided country by introducing wild berry blue, a new fruit shape that wasn't just red or blue, but both? Of course you do. It was as controversial as it was delicious, and it represented what cereal could be at its best. Innovative, inexplicable, transformative. John Oliver saying we need to have more innovation in our cereals. We have been stuck in a rut for quite some time. Um, I, I do not eat children's cereals like you and Sean do. I'll just step back and let you discuss well, it. My so perhaps you have children, an opinion on beanies with spinning propellers on the top. My, then... my children eat children's cereals, and uh, there has been no one. They're eating the same children's cereals that existed when I was a kid, and that's not right. We're not driving the same cars as when I was a kid. They're not playing Pong, yeah, the, but they're eating the same cereals as when I was a kid. The oops all berries thing happened when I was a child, right? Come on, Captain. Let's uh, let's let's get the Crunchberry things uh, a little bit more innovative. They can't be out of ideas, can they? <laughs> for, for cereals that my kids are eating the same ones I ate as a kid seems ridiculous. Well, to me, the Crunchberry is timeless, though. I mean, some of your fringe cereals, perhaps we can toy with them. But like G.K. Chesterton taught us, tradition is rooted in our ancestors and their beliefs, and we should not toss them aside easily. And if they ate peanut butter crunch, we should eat peanut butter crunch. <laughs> so uh, a bipartisan bipartisan Congressional Executive Commission on China. Uh, Democrats and Republicans put out a letter saying uh, urging NBA stars to end their endorsement deals with Chinese brands. I, we, I, we knew this was coming. I was talking to my, my parents about this just the other day. I said, 
they, they brought up the, the idea of all the companies that do business with China. And I think that's going to rapidly come to a close. I think that's going to happen fast. The pressure is going to mount, and then it's just going to be you can't even be in China. It'll be, uh, it'll, it, it, be, it would be death for your business. Wow, that would be something. Um, so Chairman Senator Jeff Merkley, Democrat, Oregon, explained that um, a lot of these players signed these deals with Chinese companies before 2018, before revelations began emerging of concentration camps. But at this point, we cannot be involved. We believe that commercial relationships with companies that source cotton in Xinjiang create reputational risks for the NBA players and the NBA itself. We say NBA players should not even implicitly be endorsing such horrific human rights abuses. This is um, minor in that it's, you know, a few, a handful of players in the NBA. I think it's major in that we're going to be heading this direction with all our companies soon. Wow. Wow. Yeah, okay. All right. It's, again, that is going to be jarring and incredibly expensive. There, what was, I can't remember the publication that I was, I read a, a chunk here, a chunk there from uh, the compromises Apple has had to make to function in China. And on the one level, it's understandable. Tim Cook says, look, we need to follow the laws in the countries where we operate. It just happens that the laws in China compel you to be part of their oppressive totalitarian state and not like just not interfere with it. You're an active part. I got to believe they're having meetings at Apple where they realize it's just a matter of time. I don't know if it's going to be this year or in three years, but we're going to have to figure out how to do business without being in China. Uh, when, the, when the world finally has all the evidence it needs that China, you know, started this whole virus and let it get out of control and, and a number of other things that are going to come out of China. I just think there's going to be a, a, a public will, a public feeling of you just can't do that. You just, just It's not OK anymore. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. quickly you get there. Like I said, I don't know if it's a, this year or three years from now, but I think it'll happen. Here's your devil's advocate argument. There are trillions of dollars at stake, and the companies that are going to make or not make those trillions of dollars are going to hire the best lobbyists in the world to try to influence not only American foreign policy, but the statements of the American government about China. They are going to be hammering. The Biden administration, uh, and soon the Harris administration, soon after that, anybody but the Harris administration, uh, they'll be hammering them to soften their stance on China. Let's find a way to work this out. <laughs> How about we just uh, finance every single Democratic congressional candidate in America for the next five years? What do you think of that? The pushback is going to be gargantuan. My niece is trying out this weekend. Uh, she's going to Colorado for some big thing where, because she's a freshman in high school, where the, the the scouts come from all over the country to watch you to see if you're, you know, the next thing. Mm. And um, as a freshman, they're already getting college scouts. They they wow. they start younger than that. But um, oh heck yeah, yeah. Soccer's her big thing, um, and she's you know got some colleges she's hoping she can get into that way but it's it's man the 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 sports thing uh, one of my best friends of all time his daughter is a division one uh track athlete walk on and um she came from a tiny tiny school so she was not recruited but she walked on and made the team but his his talks the way we just the way we just destroy kids now with sports Mm -hmm. if if you're good at it because you just but like my my niece has been injured every time i've seen her since she was like six six years old maybe just always coming off a, a broken foot or an elbow or a something because she's super hardcore competitive sports year round. There are no seasons. 
if you you know you just you pick your sport soccer basketball whatever it is a kid and if you're good at it it's year-round constant beating on your body to yeah. the exclusion of everything else also right right i know it i was talking to actually it's my personal trainer uh, jean jacques who's a <laughs> who's a t- absolutely terrific guy he's a proud dad uh, but one of his uh, kids is a really good softball player. And I asked him, hey, you doing something fun Memorial Day weekend? He said, yeah, well, we were going to do this, blah, blah, blah. But a tournament came up. And so and, and a lot of you live this lifestyle. And if if you're happy, it's great. If you're happy, but you I, know, and clap your hands. <laughs> that's a good sign. It's a good sign to others. Um, I'm grateful in a weird way that none yeah. of my kids was an elite enough athlete that I yeah. lived that lifestyle. I, I know. And I, that's a weird thing to think. But that is exactly what's going on this Memorial Day weekend month. My other brother is meeting me and my boys at Grandma and Grandpa's house. Um, the the other brother and his uh, daughters won't be there because of this uh, this tournament, this playing tournament. And you know, I don't. I think he's. You know, I'm not saying he's not making the right choice. I think he's absolutely making the right choice, and it's what she wants to do. But I, it doesn't bother me that I don't have a kid that's going to be on that track. You know, it it relates to, and I read something pretty eloquent about this, and so I will probably ruin it. Um, but there's an element of the parents serve the children and the children set the priorities of the family. Ah, uh, yes. When yes, the whole family yes, is chasing yes. around to tournaments every weekend and the rest of it or that I'm not sure is great. I, and listen, this might sound selfish. I don't know. I have a life. I have things I want to do. I have things I need to do. I have things I enjoy doing uh, that stimulate me. And and s- watching children play sports like all the time isn't super high on that list. Well, and um, because I've observed this with others, if you have one kid who's a standout athlete, that affects the other kid that's not really that into sports because right. the weekends the weekends shot for yeah. eight months out of the year. Yeah, the family's and, not going to go do this because we're going to the soccer tournament. And I'm musing here, folks. I am not judging anybody. I've not walked a mile in your so- shoes because number one, I'd have to steal your shoes, and then I don't even imagine. I, the, I don't know how would that happen if they're not the same size. I mean, if they're too tight, or what if right. they're giant clown shoes? Right. <laughs> well, there's no need. What are you going to call them? Three hundred pounders next there, please. Ah, uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess that uh, that covers that. Uh and in yeah. 95% of the cases, right, these elite athletes are elite at their current level, but they're, you know, it's it's just something to do as a kid. They're, they're they will never, not move up. No, they won't. They won't even play in college, let right. alone anything beyond that. Get a full scholarship, the rest of it. And it doesn't matter how many times it's proved that the best thing for an athlete is to play different sports. Play your main sport for its season. You can do workouts and the rest of it, but do other things for part of the year. Doesn't matter how often that's that's shown. Everybody, everybody thinks if you're ahead as an 11 year old, you'll be ahead as an 18 year old, and you will get the scholarship. Well, yeah, and it's it, not true. No matter t- how many times it's not, it's, gotta, it's not necessary. No, no matter how many times it's been proved, also that if you're like professional level athlete, you can start whatever sport you want to start when you're. 14 and you'll be fine yep <laughs> you'll still dominate all the other kids have been playing since they were eight with a good coach you will catch up in a big big hurry but anyway i'm not going to tell america how to live no. its life just no. the professionalization of youth sports has bothered me for a long time i signed my son up for football this year and really convinced him hard to do it and his best friend is doing it and i'm already regretting it i'm 
not because of the head injuries and all that sort of stuff, but man, they the football thing is a commitment. I've had other parents say, "Oh, that's a commitment," um, <laughs> and then I think, "Er, did I do this?" Because they're starting practice here early in July, three days a week before school even starts. And then during school, it's three nights a week for a couple of hours and then games on Saturdays. And that's a lot of time for an 11-year-old to be focusing on one sport. So I'll see how this goes. I'll see how this goes. All right. All right. Not sure it was a good idea. Armstrong and Getty. The seven types of rest you need in your life, and none of them are sleep. Sleep is its own thing. These are the seven types of rest you need in addition to sleep, all right? You getting out a pen to write this down? I am. I'm actually recalling a childhood, a uh, boyhood joke. Why was the criminal uh, so energetic? Because he was arrested. Huh? <laughs> Tell you what, you're seven, seven years old, you're slayed by that joke. Studio audience loved it. I think yeah. you have to go younger for why did Silly Billy tiptoe past the medicine cabinet? So, yeah. he w- so he wouldn't wake the sleeping pills. That's a y- even younger yet. <laughs> My 8- and 10-year-old niece will call Judy and me uh, to hit us with a string of jokes from their joke books. <laughs> <laughs> That's really quite funny. Oh, that is funny. Oh, we got ducks yesterday. I have to mention that. We got ducklings. The boys are very excited what? about it. You talk about cute. Oh, my God. A couple of kids playing with their baby ducks. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wow, excellent. You going to raise them to big ducks or eat them? Or I guess so. One of, we're going to raise them. You don't give them names and play with them and then eat them. That would be weird. One of them's named Ducky. One of them is named COVID. They're very cute. <laughs> shows the two personalities of the kids, actually. Now, did uh, you? Oh, the, the kids chose them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask if you did. COVID <laughs> the duck. The, the kids have chosen all the names. That's how you end up with a female dog named Kevin. <laughs> Please stop using gendered language when you're naming your dog Kevin the female dog <laughs> I was fighting I was fighting back against gender stereotypes by naming a female dog Kevin it's very the, the bitch um seven types of rest and then we can uh, get into each of them if you want to creative sure. mental physical social emotional sensory and spiritual and you need to do all of these to feel rested I think I, I understand most of them, but give us a brief uh, uh, description. And I don't do all of them. <clears throat> well, I'll give you, a, for instance, sensory rest. Well, p- part of this is different activities drain different reservoirs of energy. Yes. And, and those are the things. So this is trying to, if you do one thing, you're, this reservoir is going to get drained, and here's how you refill it back up. Yep. Here's one that I don't notice until I get into a restive state. Then I realize what a big deal it is. Sensory rest. Uh, you're likely experiencing constant overload, but you don't realize that we live with bright lights and background noise, kids yelling, traffic whizzing by, phones beeping. It all takes a toll if you ever get into a quiet, dark space to rest your senses. Um, whenever I do that, that's when I realize how loud and bright everything is. Interesting. So like a dark space and, huh. Okay. Give your senses a chance to fully relax and recharge. Yeah. Huh. Is this too, is now, this too soft, sit, all this? Is this like... No, not at all. Not does it at make all. perfectly good sense to you? I think it does. I think you can be a super dynamo tough guy, but you got to recharge. Now, sitting alone in the dark, drinking and muttering angrily. Does that count? <laughs> With your pet duck COVID. This is, this is my sensory uh, recharge. 
Mental rest, this one's kind of old-fashioned. Practicing meditation, such as focusing on a single word or thought, even just for a few minutes, gives your brain a chance to settle down, slow down a little bit, studies show. Yeah, my meditation word is vengeance. Vengeance. <laughs> and then oh, you, really, and really you recite the names on your list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> In a different order every time. Sometimes alphabetical, sometimes by age, sometimes by the level of my hatred. <laughs> It's like you can go from low price to high or high price to low on the Internet. Exactly. That sort of thing. Yeah. Or recent. Most recent. Right. Sort by level of hatred. Or oldest hatred to newest hatred. Newest right. hatred to oldest hatred. You know, that that's one of my favorites. I've been hating this guy since fourth grade, whereas this uh, other guy I just started hating the other day at work. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> really put stuff in perspective. Uh, physical rest, counterintuitive, but it says movement improves circulation, which makes your body feel better and helps you get more sleep. So getting a little movement, apparently a lot of people get stressed out not moving enough. Oh, yeah, absolutely true. Yeah, in the modern world. Emotional rest, that we're not connecting with people or important things, and we're not getting or we're not recharging that emotional uh, part of our brain. I don't see that as rest. That seems as a bit of a, a stretch, isn't it? I don't know. Rest from the wife's nagging. No, easy, <laughs> Mike. So, easy. You're a newlywed. Hot Mike. For other people. <laughs> hot Mike. Um, I see that as more as recharging, but I'll allow it. If you feel I'm not okay, I'm anxious, I'm scared, it could be a uh, you're not connecting enough with other people. You begin to feel like nobody knows the real you. That's a dangerous headspace to be in, and it can lead to problems like depression. So emotional rest. Anyway, maybe we ought to post this at armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah, depression and paranoia. I start to think weird things. Like, what are you looking at me? Why are you looking at me like that? You know? I need that. This is good stuff. It's at armstrongandgetty.com. So mutter in the dark while drinking with your list of people you hate. Yes, it's so relaxing. <laughs> I feel so cleansed when I'm done. I wasn't here yesterday. I was ill, and uh, I was talking to a doctor about it, and he said the symptoms you have, it's almost guaranteed it was something you ate. Um, uh, actually, I was, I was around some people last night, and I said, uh, you know, probably a good thing I'm wearing a mask because I've been pretty sick for the, I was really, really sick last night. And uh, he, he said, what do you have? And I said, well, you know, I had uh, gastrointestinal problems. Uh, some coarser people call it. Out of both ends. That's exactly what was happening. Hmm. Oh, my God. And it was rough. As bad as, as, bad as I've ever had, certainly. And like chills and shakes and Horrible stuff too, right? Chills, like yeah, I'm propped yeah. up in bed, covers around me, and just my whole body shaking and out thought, of nowhere, in, and then it goes away. And I was really yeah. in bad shape. And uh, the only thing I can narrow it down to, yeah, they it, have attorneys. It was really delicious. Oh boy, Arby's. Oh boy, oh boy, it's a shame. Now, um, I didn't, I didn't really eat anything else, but. So I don't know what to. I ate ballpark shrimp two days in a row, as I discussed on the show yesterday. And you were fine. Went to a baseball game, in Florida. You're, you're they leaving got... out half. How was how was the shrimp presented to you? It, well, I was, I was getting there, okay, Sean. Okay, it's coconut shrimp in a waffle cone. What? <laughs> it was the best thing ever. What? Oh, big waffle cone full of coconut shrimp with like a sweet coconut sauce on them. Yeah. Oh, my God. If you tell me that in two days, it might sound good. But right now, <laughs> I'm having trouble not you vomiting thinking about it. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. I'm still not over whatever happened to me. And if it was food related, all I had was 
I had like a granola bar, like those really dry, crumbly granola bars. I don't see how anything bad could be in one of those. Yeah, it's very unlikely. And uh, the only other thing I ate was that delicious, delicious Arby's sandwich. Well, maybe Google uh, granola bar recall. Who knows? Maybe I there's was, some tomaine in there, some in the, salmonella. I was in line at Arby's for a really long time. So it was the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. And and it was so long that I was wishing I could back up and get out of it. I mean, because it had been oh, 20 minutes, I'll bet, of waiting in a drive-thru. It was just a ridiculously long time. Yeah, I got jokes I want to make that I really shouldn't. So does that make it more likely that uh, something happened at the Arby's that they're the running long s- line? That they were yeah, they were behind. Said we don't have time to cook it all the way through. Get the sandwiches out there, or something like that. <laughs> we're out of new meat. <laughs> Is there anything in the back? No, see that never happened. That no, was not a, at Arby's. Unattempted not a, humor, a poor attempt. I'm a, I, I'm a been a proponent for Arby's for a, forever, and they yes, get you've fun. defended them against yes. the elitist New York oh, media. We forgot John Stewart Daily Show regularly would blast Arby's <laughs> no. As, no. as being something you shouldn't eat. Way out of line. No, and I've always said no. Arby's is fantastic. Never had a problem until uh, perhaps now. Uh, yeah, but and again. then I don't know that it's their fault. I'll bet you're right. I'll bet that bar, there's probably a recall on that granola bar I ate, and that explains that's, it. That's the most likely. Yeah, sure. Sure it is. Jeez, if oh. you can get that sick from eating the wrong thing, it makes me want to be super, super cautious from now on. Oof. Armstrong and Getty. 